it's Thursday the 25th of January. I'm Miranda Sawyer and actually, Rishi, I think you'll find it's my turn to be Prime Minister. Welcome back to Papercuts, the modern newspaper review, where we skip across the surface of the UK press like a well-thrown skimming stone, landing lightly on all the news you need to know, plus a load of useless silly bits that will keep you awake in the middle of the night. What were the exact swear words those parrots were using? For conscription, which is better, Army, Navy or Air Force? Why is Happisburg pronounced Haysborough for God's sake? We're out every weekday, Monday to Friday, so why not subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Post-mortem, the post office scandal rumbles on and now we might only get our letters delivered three times a week. Going to dins or doing the bins? What's your love language? And come again? Middle-aged lady has never once had an orgasm, decides to tell the Daily Mail. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we're secretly obsessed with the birthdays and the obituaries page and the racing tips. I'm Miranda Sawyer and joining me this morning is bunker regular and certified member of the Wokarati. It's Jacob Jarvis. Hi, Jarv. Good morning. And making his debut appearance on the show, it's comedian and TikTok door bitch to actual hell, it's Daniel Fox. Hello. Now, what do we have on the front pages today? Jarv, you have the broadsheets. What is there? On the Daily Telegraph, there is a story about the, the Prime Minister having to rule out the proposal of there being an army draft as the Russian threat arises. <laughs> this was a story I think we spoke about yesterday yep. on the show that people could be drafted into war with Russia. Very scary. But yeah, the PM pushing back against that. Then mm. on the I, we have another story about the post office and fuck-ups ruining people's lives, basically. And I'm sure we'll speak about that a little bit further in the show. There's also a story there by someone talking about how middle-aged and misunderstood, why more women are suffering a silent mental health crisis, and there's more stuff about Tory rebellions. And then on the front of The Guardian, we've got Johnny Marr is annoyed at Donald Trump. That's the that's at the very top. Big mouth strikes again. And then, but the main, more serious story is anger at PM's social homes for British workers plan. So Downing Street wants to give UK families higher priority in the queue for social housing in a controversial scheme that will be badged as British homes for British workers, which sounds a little bit like the League of Gentlemen uh, creating policy. Yeah, moment, it does. Who yeah, knows, perhaps they might they might do a better job. And then on the Times, must we apologise for being men? Is the, the strap there, must we? And unfortunately, probably yes. And then, <laughs> and then UK should have Citizen Army to see off Russia is on the front page there. So more story about the Prime Minister not wanting this to happen, but other people saying, nah, we could we could do that. Okay, what do you have, Dan? <laughs> well, on the Daily Mail, they've also gone first-class fiasco. They're talking about the backlash over the Royal Mail plan to go down to three days a week of mm. letters. Um, they also have a lovely picture of a cat in a backpack, which mm. I think we're going to talk about at some point. Yeah. And right at the top, taking probably equal amounts of space to the Daily Mail is what I think is you know, the peak of British journalism is um, I'm 64, was married for 35 years and have had five kids, but I've never had an orgasm. <laughs> we will be talking about <laughs> this we, later. We will be. That's half this podcast. The Sun has gone with Ellie's Secret Dates with Bobby, which is about Strictly winner Ellie Leach and EastEnder Bobby Brazier, um, who've been having secret dates together they can reveal. Oh, that's quite nice. The Mirror has gone face-to-face with Gastric Op Death Surgeon, which is about a 
girl who very tragically died after going to Turkey to get some weight loss surgery. Mm. And then at the top, they've put Strictly Amy gets her honeymoon at last, which is about Strictly's Amy going on honeymoon, having a lovely time. Um, or Strictly. Or <laughs> Strictly. Daily Star has a great big picture of Father Jack, off of Father Ted, holding up a big glass of wine and saying, drink, and the word hallelujah, just days after praising Rumpy Pumpy, the actual real-life Pope now claims that booze is a gift from God. They love him. They love him. <laughs> At some point in the article, they make a Homer Simpson quote to link back to him. They're thrilled with this Pope. Yeah, we are. We're all, we're all thrilled with him. Do they say if the Pope has ever had an orgasm? <laughs> not in five years and not after five kids, apparently. Okay, look, shall we have another quick laugh at the Tories deciding to rip themselves apart? So yesterday, a person called Sir Simon Clark called for a new leader and everyone, even Pretty Patel, said, shut up, Simon, you're embarrassing us. But now another Tory has decided that Simon's right. Who is it, Jav? There is a guy who I hadn't really heard of before, and I'm not sure many people had, called Will Dry, who was a special advisor to Rishi Sunak. Don't really know a lot about him, to mm. be perfectly honest, other than he advised Sunak on polling in number 10 for a little bit, and he quit around November, and for some reason his letter of resignation has come out now. Got, got lost in the yeah, post. Yeah, exactly. It's like sort of well-timed to go alongside other people saying bad stuff about Rishi Sunak. Apparently, he's been linked with these people who made that, remember that mega poll which said that yeah. they were going to get absolutely obliterated, which everyone kind of thought, well, yeah. But then it seemed strange because it was commissioned by David Frost and these sort of random Tories. Yeah, no one knows who like, they are. Yeah, no one really knows who they are. They don't like Sunak. I just don't understand why the papers are continually taking people who don't seem very serious or consequential as if they are incredibly serious and consequential. Simon Clark. Not that big a figure, but it's like senior Tory coming for Sunak. And mm. now it's random bloke who you haven't heard of <laughs> thinks Sunak should go. And he's working with people who we can't name to try and push back against Sunak. They all need the drama. The drama has been good for the papers. And at the moment, to be honest, the storyline of the Tories is quite boring. They're just the shit and they look like they're going to get beaten. Sunak doesn't really know what to do and the polls are really bad for him. And then Keir Starmer's doing better, but he's not exactly exciting at the same time. So they have to create these characters and it feels to me that they want a Cummings 2.0 to happen. Like, yeah. Look at this, this hotshot special advisor is turning on them, even though doesn't really have the same narrative arc. It doesn't. It's just the telegraph having a nervous breakdown, isn't it, really? Mm. Now, you may have spotted that the post office and Royal Mail are back on the front pages today, specifically the I, the Mail, the Express as well, and the City AM for a couple of very different reasons. Jav, what are those reasons? The I has got an exclusive talking about, there was this software called Capture, which predates Horizon. Horizon mm. was the software which was involved in the Mr Bates versus the post office TV drama. But basically, that screwed a load of people over and they had software before that, which also, similarly, it would appear fucks a load of people's lives up by yep. making it look like they were losing money when they weren't losing money and creating these shortfalls and leading to people being prosecuted, persecuted, all sorts of terrible stuff. So essentially the eye is looking into that and showing that not only was it going on, but they it was people were aware that this software wasn't working well, similarly to how it would appear that people were aware that Horizon wasn't working well. And for whatever reason, the people involved were told 
Oh, no, it's it's not fucking up. It's fine. It's, it's all exactly good. the same. It's like the same origin story. Yeah, it seems just like four years they can't really have a sequel to that TV show because the sequel would just be all oh, the exact same thing happened a few years earlier, it looks like. We don't know the exact scope of this or what's going on, but people want the inquiry, obviously, to spread out beyond that. I don't know. That's taken a long while to work for Horizon. This goes back to 1995, so predates that as mm. well. Just another awful situation of people who didn't have very much power facing a load of bureaucracy and kind of faceless power that just pushed back against them and you can't do a lot about. Yeah, it's pretty awful, really. Yeah. But there, so it's the second IT scandal. And now mm. there's another kind of, I mean, adjacent story. It's not really the same at no. all. And this is in the Mail, and the Mail is very upset with the Royal Mail. Yes, so the regulator of the Royal Mail, Ofcom, has basically suggested that letters could be delivered less frequently to yeah. make up for the fact that apparently it would appear that not a lot of people are sending letters as much as they were anymore. I'm sure plenty get sent, but not enough. And profit-wise, it's not making sense. So they've gone, how about instead of doing six days a week, we take it down to three days a week? Or there's also a suggestion that they could change the the class system. So essentially... What, first class, second class, first third class? First class and second class. Yeah, they would all change and it would be that there would be a system where you could do next day delivery for really important stuff. Everything else would take three or so days to mm. go. My main thought around this is why can't we take anything for granted anymore? Mm. I know that sounds... I don't, I don't know why I have to feel like gratitude for things to just fucking work. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't... Like, I don't use, I'm not going to pretend that I use the post office loads and I'm not going to pretend I'm one of these people who would be affected by this. But there are people who would. But at the same time... I just want it to be able to work and it just feels like everything these days is, ah, oh, you've taken it for granted for so long and now we're taking it away. And I just think I liked back when you could just think doctor's appointments or going to the dentist mm. or well, <laughs> that know. was all. You could take it for granted because you should be able to when we're a fairly rich country with infrastructure which should just fucking work. Now, on the front page of the mail is quite the banner headline. It's mm. next to a picture of a woman who is wrapped in fuchsia satin and gazing defiantly at us all. I'm going to read that headline out once more. I'm 64. I was married for 35 years and have had five children, but I've never had an orgasm. Mm, now read the headline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 64, darling. <laughs> and my sex life is amazing. <laughs> so look, Dan, you've read this piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of amazing, isn't I'm it? From the opening paragraph onwards. It, it is gripping. It's the novel of our age. Um, she is, as, as as she says, a 65-year-old woman, 64-year-old woman. She goes into great detail about how she met her husband when she was 19 years old. Mm. They consummated the marriage on their honeymoon. She didn't have uh, an orgasm, didn't have a nice time, and then phoned her mum and dad mm. in tears to say, presumably, I didn't come. Mm. Her mum goes, doesn't know what to say, so goes, well, I'll get your father. <laughs> 
pass it over to him. Who, and his advice was, um, oh, well, these things take time. Yeah. So he's like, he'll find it, darling. Don't worry. Yeah, I he'll mean... Find- your mum's never come either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it he runs in the family. I found your mum's glitter is. <laughs> um, she then goes on this, like, long 35-year journey of, of just never coming, but does go into quite a lot of detail about how she you knew. I knew what orgasms were because I've watched rom-coms. Yeah. So I knew, and I think I quote, how to do the ooing and eyeing. Yeah, I know. It's like she'd seen Meg Ryan and thought, I'd better have a go yeah, at yeah. that. And like, lucky whoever this man is, because he's getting a full like Academy Award performance going yeah. on. Like She's yeah. studied the films for this. There is a, I mean, he, he so he, he apparently died nine years ago, I think she yeah. says. Yeah. yeah, and after that, she actually gets it on with a guy. She meets at a bereavement group, which is yes. quite um, quite exciting. Mm. I mean, it's, it's it, she then has uh, kind of six years of fun mm, with him, yes. but she neglects to tell him that she might want to come occasionally too. She says that she was too shy to ask for an orgasm, which you would expect would just be a, a given, wouldn't yeah. you? Rather than you a sort of hope. Oliver Twist. Yeah. Please, sir. I'm learning so much. <laughs> Please, sir, may I have an orgasm? <laughs> there's an interesting bit in this. I mean, there's it is an epic, this piece, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's really long and it goes through the, her entire life. And some of it is, you know, I felt very sorry for her. It yeah. does get kind of slightly happier at the end. But there's a really interesting bit about Fifty Shades of Grey, I think. So yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey, it's obviously, I mean, it's tosh. It's absolute mm. rubbish. It's really badly written. It's It's kind of awful but she says she read it and thought oh this is quite interesting and took it back into the bedroom with her husband who's now dead yeah which i think is quite a common thing actually like Mm. there's there's that we were talking there's like a film the book club the book club Mm. about a group of women who read 50 shades of gray and it sort of opens their eyes and they start exploring and i think it is obviously like badly written drivel Mm. but i also think it's like a fun, salacious read, and and a, for a lot of people, was their first foray into being like, oh, this could, erotic thing. This exist. might be this might be fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she then does a bit of role play with her. I mean, her husband has it great, doesn't he? So mm. he basically has quite a boring sex life, but yeah. you know, at least he's coming all the time. And then has you know, then gets role play for the last six years of his life, which she says she didn't. She still didn't have an orgasm, but she had a much more fun time. Which I guess, if you're not going yeah. to be having an orgasm, you might as well be playing Let's Pretend and having a fun time. Yeah, just a bit. Like, I'm a policeman now. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favourite bit is that there's a, a bit that the. the, the Daily Mail has chosen to pull out as a quote where it says, perhaps a young man with stamina could show me Mm. how to have an orgasm, which is when you realise, oh, this is just a very large uh, paid advertisement that she's put out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Very, very expensive. I think, fair enough, I do think, I mean, because obviously there's an element of it Mm. where you think, okay, she's had her photo taken, she's told, she hasn't written the piece, so what she's done is told it to a journalist called Samantha Brick, who does a Mm. lot for the for the male and is kind of amazing at getting people's stories out, I have to say. She is really a fantastic interviewer. But I don't imagine that the woman who speaks, who who's this article is about, actually thought she was going to end up on the front page of the mail mm. or with a massive She just didn't. She told a story. She had her photo taken. She thought it would be a little piece in female and it is front page news. So obviously for her, I mean, on one level, that's kind of devastating, I think. I I just know 
that she's delighted. I can't tell you how <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to say, um, but I'm hoping that it will then turn into, it is like an advert. It's yeah. like when, when people go on first dates and they have a terrible date, but actually then people get in touch and go, I think you're really great. I think she right now, as we speak, is having some sort of Earl Grey with her friends having just finished Reformer Pilates. <laughs> and she's going, yeah, front page. Front page. Never come. <laughs> front page. <laughs> And they're all going, you look wonderful, Carol. <laughs> this is your year. Yeah, this is your 2024. 2024, more like Carol. <laughs> Get this woman on love, honey. <laughs> well, we love her, don't we? I'm we absolutely her. love her. We might get in contact. <laughs> Find her a friend. Yeah, get her on this. <laughs> Now, here at Papercuts, we love headlines. We see them as the vital accessories to the paper's gorgeous Oscar frocks, the jewellery, shoes and bag that makes the whole outfit red carpet friendly and gets the paps all hot under the collar. So do we have any sparkly headlines today, Jav? What have you got? On page 16 of The Sun, there is a picture of Claudia Schiffer with a bag, which I assume is fashionable and stylish of some kind. But it's got a little sort of astronaut fishbowl glass bit on it and there's a cat there mm. I don't really understand why I can but... explain why yeah, please, okay, can please explain? explain why yeah <laughs> Okay, so Claudia Schiffer is married to a film director and he's got a film coming out that's called Argyle. And on the back, if you see the bag, it's got an Argyle print on it. Okay. And the cat is in the film. But the big thing about the cat is many, many Taylor Swift fans thought it was Taylor Swift's cat. And there was a kind of theory that it was all based around Taylor Swift's lyrics. I mean, essentially, it was a load of old rubbish to try and drum up support for Mm. the film. But that poor cat does not look happy to me. No, it, it looks quite pissed off and mm. I, I would be too if I was shoved in a little glass dome and paraded around on Claudia. <laughs> yeah, in front of the oh, actually, if I was on Claudia <laughs> Schiffer's back, maybe know, I'd be having not a nice out, time. Is it? We'll <laughs> see, who there. knows, you know. But uh, anyway, the headline is Claudia Schiffer. Oh, mm. Schiffer. See oh, what they good. did there. Then on page 21 in the sun, there is an exclusive story about... A Porsche is left ripped apart by thieves as it is revealed high-powered headlights are being used to grow cannabis. So this car, this £80,000 Taycan Turismo, had both front wings cut open to get to the 3500 high-intensity discharge LEDs in Germany. Wow, and they just left and the then, car. Yeah, they've left the car, but they want the lights in order to apparently use them for, for ganja farms, is what they're calling it. Mm. Mm. Why does the tabloids always have to come up with new <laughs> names for, for <laughs> drugs that just people don't use? Like, it's, yeah, anyway. But the headline is Ganja in 60 Seconds. Very good. Finally, this is page 23 in the sun, but a a great British Bake Off winner called Candice Brown had a cake catastrophe when her victory trophy broke in Storm Jocelyn. <gasps> she, she said she felt proper shit. She <laughs> 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 the glass she was awarded smashed in this, this freak accident. But uh, the, uh, the great British Break Off. Oh, of course. Got Why would it not be? Pretty yeah. nice. Yeah. So, Dan, what do you have? Hello. On page five of the star, we have a very large photo of a toilet hmm. um, that sort of looks like Donald Trump. <laughs> um, and it's something that someone posted online. It's, if you guys can see here, it's got basically the, um, the sort of toilet mat, which is a kind of beige colour, has bunched up on the top to be a oh, bit yeah. like a hair. And then the two, you know, those little bits on underneath the lid that would kind of protect it from slamming down. Yeah. Um, they kind of look like his reptilian eyes. Wow. Um, 
It has possibly. I would. So I guess it kind of looks like him. I would have. I think I would have respected it more if the reason it was a lookalike was just because it was overflowing with shit. But mm. <laughs> here it is, and they've gone with the headline: the Donalds Luke-alike. Ah, Luke-alike. Luke-alike. Yeah. On page fourteen hmm. is a little bit about how yoga instructors. Um, who work for Colchester City Council have decided that the yoga union, the yoga union, the Colchester, Colchester City Council, Council yoga union has decided that they they might go on strike um, right. because they want to pay stretch. Mm. Um, they're not being paid enough, uh, and they have titled that one "We're on Strike." Very good, which I like. I like that. I like the fact that they're they're being paid by the council. Yeah. <laughs> There's an absolute feature frenzy in the papers today, really. On the front of the Times is another striking banner headline for a piece by Papercut's favourite Simon Mills. This headline reads, Must we apologise for being men? To which the answer is, to be honest, yep. I'm very sorry. <laughs> what have men ever done to anyone? <laughs> That's what I would ask. Anyway, Joff, what does, what does Simon think um, you should be apologising for? Apparently something to do with wheelie suitcases. Yeah, this, this piece does start off quite confusingly, I'll be mm. honest. So the headline in print is, We men can't win anything. I don't know, I feel like we've probably won at quite a lot of stuff. <laughs> but it begins with the tale. Did you know that, uh, that men apparently could have had the convenience of wheelie suitcases? back in the 50s but at the time we thought that was just effeminate and silly and we wouldn't do it so we insist on carrying our stuff around until eventually George Clooney made wheelie suitcases <laughs> cool available to all now for me what I, where I, I, I disagree instantly here on this is because men are into gadgets I don't get this if you'd just sold it as that they're cool gadgets yeah it would have worked the shop menkind doesn't exist <laughs> if not for just stupid fucking gadgets for men. So anyway, there's that. But essentially, he is saying the odd case of the wheelie bag tells a story. Men are confused. Could end the piece there. We are. <laughs> but derided, emasculated, really confused when we're trying to make women come, as we've seen <laughs> in the Daily Mail. <laughs> that's, that's the worst. But derided, emasculated, ridiculed, crushed, called out and diminished, persistently by women, but also very often at their own hand. So... It's then going into this tale of how essentially men are maybe realising that men haven't been great. So they're saying, hey, sorry, sorry, we've not been so great. And maybe other people should get awards and accolades and whatever and whatever. And it's kind of hooked around this, partially around this idea that Ryan Gosling. So I believe he's been nominated for an Oscar for Barbie for Best yep. Actor, but then Greg Gerwig, Best Supporting Actor. Okay. And then he's saying that no, Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie should actually be nominated be nominated yep. as opposed to me and then there's also this bit about him essentially saying that you know we're all potentially toxic males of the Donald Trump Elon Musk Vladimir Putin variety is what he's saying that it's it's, it's that men are made to feel like that's how they should be which I I don't know I don't totally well, I don't that- totally agree with but then I didn't love the film Barbie so I don't really care all that much about the awards it's getting and stuff but i think there's a point there that that maybe the main actress in it should <laughs> kind of get get yeah, lifted up as opposed to you know the kind of I mean, Gosling's great, but Gosling just would win for being Gosling, like exactly. not being Ken anyway. I mean, but, it's yeah. quite weird that I mean, I think that piece is interesting because obviously, basically, 
He wrote it really quickly. It's one yeah. of those things that's just like, okay, these are the tags. Ryan Gosling has said that Margot should have, Margot Robbie should have been nominated, and a royal somebody in the royal family said yeah, men aren't so great, right? Prince mm. Edwards, so then he has yeah. to bang it out in a morning, which I respect. So he's banged it out in a morning, but there are some bits in there which are, I think, he kind of brushes over, but are quite interesting. And one of them is that essentially nobody has much empathy for men, even though they die earlier, have higher heart disease rates, higher cancer rates, more they're more in contact with the criminal justice system there's more of them sleeping rough there's more dying from suicide there's more male drug addicts and we don't have any sympathy for that because essentially at the top of society are some really toxic guys Mm. who've got all the money so all the all the kind of normal or 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 blokes who are at a disadvantage are having a bad time we just go tough tits elon musk Mm. (laughs) well it's kind of my my thought around a lot of these things politically and socially we speak about it's kind of class is a large thing it comes down to doesn't it and you know basically People who are down and struggling and poor are ignored a lot by the media. But if you're really handsome and rich and doing well, then you're boosted yeah. up. And I think that can go across gender as well. It's basically so what you're saying there that there are more men dying from suicide and stuff like that. But I would also imagine if you look at the class system, there are probably people who are doing yeah. worse in a lot of ways. You're too, not going to so. get the class system in the Times, though, are you really? No, not no, they, section, no. I don't think. No, I'm sure not. Yeah, so it probably needs a little bit more depressing nuance there. Yeah. Okay, I feel like we should also talk talk about in The Guardian, there's quite mm-hmm. a sweet piece about love languages and how those who believe in them will never be swayed. So love languages... Are, this seems to me to be quite a recent phenomenon, but apparently it's been around for a while. Yeah. Dan, do you want to explain about love languages? Yeah, so this piece has devastated me. It's basically <laughs> saying love languages aren't a thing. And all of the gay people in the room before when we were discussing this were going, but it's my whole personality. Um, <laughs> love languages are ways to give and receive love. Mm. And there are five, and they're based on a book that came out in 1992 by Gary Chapman. The five love languages, how to express heartfelt commitment to your mate. Okay. Um, so the love languages are um, trips to John Lewis, hard cash. <laughs> Sorry, these are mine. Um, <laughs> let me find them. So it's um, words of affirmation. So that's like getting compliments or yeah. affirmation. Acts of service, taking out the bins, helping with the kids, cooking, um, physical touch. Pretty obviously. obvious. <laughs> Carol Baker's crying out for it. Quality time. So putting your phone down, just being with each other mm. and gift giving which, again, Mm. lovely. So uh, apparently, uh, they say love languages are a staple of first date conversations, an icebreaker that lives somewhere on the spicy scale of what's your sign and do you want kids? It's just all I can talk about. Oh, really? At any given time, I'm just talking to friends about love languages. Um, (laughs) That and what their horoscope is. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an Aries who likes acts of service. So, (laughs) but they're saying that basically like, Scientists have annoyingly stepped in. Yeah, um, the boffins. They always ruin all the fun. boffins. No, no, they're terrible. <laughs> Sickening experts everywhere who have published a paper in the journal Current Directions in Psychological Science, which is um, one of my faves, that and, and <laughs> Parisian Vogue, um, saying that most people don't have a primary love language I mean, like, no shit. And even worse, that couples who say they speak the same love language do not report higher satisfaction than those who speak separate ones. 
Right. So if you find somebody who likes to give gifts and then mm. and then and then they give you gifts and then you give gifts back, yeah. you're still not going to get on. As no. Well, if as if well. you're both like gift giver couple, mm. that doesn't necessarily put you any higher than anyone else. Okay. It's um, quite funny the piece though because the, the, a few of the interviewees in the piece get really upset about this, don't furious. they? They're like they're yeah. absolutely furious that love languages don't actually exist. Yeah. They're I, like, why can't we just have our fun? Yeah. They're like, leave us alone <laughs> because I don't care if it's real or not. I just like talking about. I completely agree. Like, let me be delusional, <laughs> living in my truth. Of yeah, but can you move between love languages? Because this is what I think. Yeah, yeah, I think I think really your love language is whatever you're slightly lacking in your relationship. Yeah. Like, if your partner is very very like affirmative and constantly telling you they love you, but they don't help take the bins out that much, you're going to be walking around being like, oh, I just wish they would take the bins out. Yeah, but if they're like an absolute cold fish who never touches you or looks at you or speaks to you, but your house is pristine and everything's provided for, you're going to be like, well, none of that matters because my love language is them telling me I'm sexy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, a, and it also can just change, I would say. Yeah, so sure, you, know. you just want a little bit of all of them, don't you? Yeah. You yeah. want a bit of a love smorgasbord. Yeah, yeah otherwise you end up on the front of the mail. And I, I wonder it's a question, though, do people want 100% of one of the love languages or sort of 20% of each? Mm. So you get mm. occasional quite shit gifts, but you do get them, and then they do basic stuff like take the bins out, or would you rather someone who does absolutely everything for you but you never get a present again yeah if your love language is 100% acts of service yeah. you don't want a partner you want a butler yeah yeah for sure <laughs> you are Mariah Carey <laughs> you are Mariah Carey <laughs> <laughs> I'm David Baddiel I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew I'm Saeed Avasi I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Lots of people talk about us, and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, we are going to go there. I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. And that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thanks to Jav. Thank you very much. Thanks to Dan. Thank you. And I might have said this several times before, but if you want to brighten up your life, why not join the Papercut Supporters Club? Just £3 a month gets you ad-free episodes and special extended editions, plus the chance to cheer yourself up with some gorgeous Papercuts merchandise, such as a beautiful Papercuts t-shirt or handsome Papercuts mug. I've been Miranda Sawyer, and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when The Times reveals that an international brouhaha, that's a pun, has been stirred, also, after a US chemist argued the perfect cup of tea requires salt. Since then, the US and UK embassies and the Cabinet Office have poured in. Our take, what's the tea? Frankly, we think they need to kettle down and stop milking it. See you tomorrow. Papercuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Daniel Fox and Podmasters Managing Editor Jacob Jarvis. The producer was Liam Tate, assistant producer was Adam Wright, and the audio producer was me, Jade Bailey. Music is by Simon Williams, socials by Jess Harpin and Mike Bollen, design by Jim Parrott with original art by Modern Toss. The executive producer is Martin Boytosh, and the group editor is Andrew Harrison. Papercuts is a Podmasters production. Should we do some orgasms, darlings? Let, please, let's. <laughs> okay. <laughs>